You say Nevada, I say Nevada, and, well, you literally boo me and tell me to get the hell out of the state. We Nevadans are quite protective of how people pronounce our state, but how did we even settle on this particular way to say it, and why do we get so angry, grr, 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 when people mess it up? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I break down some parts of speech with UNR Professor of Linguistics Valerie Friedland to find out if home can truly only mean Nevada. It's Monday, October 3rd, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas, Valerie Friedland. Why, thank you. I'm so excited to be there. Oh, I'm so excited too, because I don't get to call myself a born and raised Nevadan, but I've been here almost all my life. And so I'm going to have lots of questions about the pronunciation of our state. So let me just start right away. How do you pronounce our state's name? It's Nevada. Okay. Is that the only correct way to say our state's name? Well, see, you start off with a hard question about correctness, and I'm a sociolinguist, so I have to tell you there's no correct way to say it, right? That's part of what I do for a living is I teach people about linguistic tolerance. But is there a preferred way to do it? Yes, and Nevada is that way. If you're from Nevada, you know you say Nevada. Okay, so let me get into that question, because whenever I hear somebody, usually someone who's from out of state, and if they say Nevada any other way, people freak out. See, in my mind, it's like a red flag, like, okay, they're not from here. Okay, that's it for me. But people will start screaming at the person like, it's Nevada, you dumb moron, you know, and like literally (laughs) say those words and sometimes worse. Why do people get so upset? (laughs) Yes, I have seen those reactions myself. And um, people get booed off the stage. We've had a number of people come through, politicians or anchormen that have come through, said Nevada. I, I said it. There I said it. Is everybody cringing? And they get booed off the stage. But I think what we have to do is step back and think about what naming is and why names are important. Um, So, you know, my name's Valerie. And if someone called me Shirley, that would annoy me because that's not my name. But also if someone calls me Val, even though that's related, it's a derivative of my name. And certainly there are Valeries out there that go by Val. I've never, ever gone by Val. I've never mentioned that I would like to be called Val. And in fact, I'm stating on the air, do not call me Val. And um, whether it's your personal preferences about your name or your preferences about how you represent yourself as a community, be that a state community or a nation, we have really strong feelings about how language is tied to social identity. And when people don't respect that, when people come and they don't get to know us and our preferences, that bothers us. Yeah. I mean, we just don't have a lot of chill here when it comes to this particular issue. I mean, always, if if somebody missteps, you're going to see it, hear it, the booze, the tweets, the whole 
the whole thing. But this concept goes way back, right? The whole idea of welcoming people in your community if they figure out that localism. Way back. Well, even in the Bible, right, there is talk of, of a shibboleth, which is basically a term that is so instantly identifiable that you can recognize where someone's from based on the way they say a word. So in modern English, you might say a shibboleth of being a Southerner would be whether you say the word pin and the word pen the same way, right? So it's sort of a well-known Southernism that you say pin pin when you mean the thing you poke yourself with that has a needle on it or the thing you write with. So they're both pins. That's a shibboleth, we call it, of Southern speech. So the original so-called shibboleth, which was basically any kind of pronunciation that was noticeable as a social marker, started way back in biblical times. And in the Old Testament, we can read about a story with the Giladites who would stand at the border and anyone who crossed had to say the word shibboleth. That's a hard word to say. Right. And if someone, I see my head would be cut off right now. Oh, (laughs) is that what the penalty was? That was the penalty. If you mispronounce shibboleth with another pronunciation, mainly shibboleth, then it was a marker that you weren't part of the Giladite ethnic community and therefore off with your head right there and no invitation for dinner. Wow. So Nevadans let people off pretty easy with some booze. Yeah, I know. Just a little booing and maybe not inviting you back. That's not a bad thing. It could be much worse. Let me get back to modern day politics. How did the pronunciation of Nevada get so political? I've even seen it like in in TV shows. Uh, I don't know if you know the TV show Veep, but they had a whole little segment about her saying the name wrong. I mean, do we actually have a chance in Nevada? Nevada. Oh, my God. I get to be president. I don't have to move. What do we do? Well, ma'am, we need to be sure that when we get on no, the ground... No, shut up, Ken. You already lost Nevada for me once. Nevada. Ben, what do we do? What uh, do we we do? need to get a hold of our people in, in Nevada. Don't, don't. So how did it become so political in modern day? Well, I think what happened is just the number of presidential candidates that have come to town and mispronounced the word has become almost uh, urban legend. And so it has gotten inflated to this this joke, right, where you find it on sitcoms uh, like like Veep. I don't know if it happened before the, the 2000s, but I know that I think it was in 2003, George Bush mispronounced the name. And then in 2004, Kerry mispronounced the name. And then in 2008, Michelle Obama mispronounced the name. It is so nice to be back in Nevada. We are so happy to be here. Nevada, 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 Nevada. Oh no. And then we have the the winner of the mispronunciation game, Trump in 2016, that not only mispronounced the name, but then told us that that was the correct pronunciation. And no one, I think to quote, he said, no one does it the other way. (laughs) Meth overdoses in Nevada, Nevada. And you know what I said? You know what I said? I said, when I came out here, I said, nobody says it the other way. It has to be Nevada, right? And if you don't say it correctly, and it didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend of mine, he was killed. Well, you know, 
I, I trust that source. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's simply the sheer number of politicians that have come through the state. And we expect politicians of all people, because they want something from you and they want to identify with you socially, we expect them to at least have done their research and pronounce the state name correctly. So it becomes more noticeable when someone like that says the name wrong or an advertiser. You know, how many beer commercials have you seen or commercials where they mispronounce the state name? And I'm sure as hell not buying something from them. It's only when people mispronounce it who are friendly and caring and will take our advice to learn the proper pronunciation kindly that we seem to not frown upon it. But if you're trying to sell us something or get our vote, you better pronounce it the right way. And I think that's where it's become this caricature of people coming to Nevada and mispronouncing the name. Yeah. And I know we're not at Gilead level, but do Nevadans have an extra deep chip on their shoulder about this compared to other places? You know, I think a lot of places have particular ways that are meaningful to the people there to pronounce the state name. Nevadans are not the only ones that get a little bit upset when people come and say things the wrong way or notice that people said things that mark them as an outsider. You know, think, for example, of Florida. So um, my understanding that if you live in Florida, it's Florida, Florida, which is a little different than most people going there saying it. Or think about the Oregon, Oregon pronunciation. So if you're from Oregon, it's Oregon. But if you're not from Oregon, you sometimes say Oregon, where it is commented on, perhaps not ridiculed to the degree that Nevada versus Nevada has been ridiculed, because I think in some ways people poke fun at us a little bit, where they don't do that so much with the other states. And I think that's just the history of Nevada, right? We are often sort of the butt of jokes, but the envy of most. Oh, I love that. That's how I think of it. There's my T-shirt. It's jealousy. It's all jealousy. <laughs> so let, let's get into the meat of how we've come to pronounce Nevada. I've heard it argued that ah is more accurate since Nevada is a Spanish word. And there are a lot of Spanish speakers in our state who call it you know, Nevada. Is it wrong? Again, making that judgment wrong to do so? Boy, I see, I said it once and I have to say it again. There's no such thing as wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Uh, are there preferences by different speaker groups? Yes. And so uh, sort of Anglo-Nevadans might be more um, destined to say Nevada than someone who has a Spanish background who would say it more with the Spanish vowel system. But when you think about state names or place names in general, most place names are remnants of our previous history. If you look at um, how like the Celts in, in Britain were preserved, it was mainly in place names or the Native American languages in American history, mainly are preserved in place names. But we hardly ever actually pronounce those place names in the languages of those of those original settlers of the, of those original people, so it's a little funny that we often hear that as the argument for why Nevada should be Nevada because supposedly it's closer to the Spanish vowel system. Well, you know that's debatable as well because the Spanish vowel system is actually quite different than the English vowel system, and Spanish has five vowels; they have no lax vowels. Uh, English has between 11 and 14, depending on your dialect. And that's a whole other podcast as well, <laughs> what Westerners say. Language, um, and they, language provides so many podcast opportunities. So many pos podcast possibilities. So the reality is the Spanish ah 
sound is actually sort of intermediate, the English a and the English aw. So it's not accurate to say that um, either one is actually closer. They're both different. Um, and yes, if you're a Spanish speaker, it would be more Nevada. But most state names in the United States have been anglicized or nativized as borrowings from another language. And we don't ever hear people arguing that Los Angeles or Texas or uh, Florida or Paris are mispronounced because they're not the native pronunciation. So Valerie, how did the current standard pronunciation of Nevada come about? How did we get to the that very, in my mind, guttural ah in there? Yeah. Well, that's a really fascinating history. Of course, we don't have recordings from back in the 17 and 1800s, which would be super handy. But unfortunately, we had a lot fewer iPhones at the time. So we just didn't have them handy that often. So we have to rely on things like the way things were written, or things like um, rhyming patterns, you know, various other sources of evidence. We also can look back at immigration history and see what were the primary dialects that were coming into an area and what was their vowel system like. So what's interesting is that the word is certainly Spanish. And so it probably had originally the Spanish pronunciation. After all, it was a Spanish territory and a Mexican territory before we ever became the United States. So that was probably the original pronunciation. I don't think anybody will argue that. But at the time of settlement of Nevada in you know, the 1840s and 50s, when people started to come over to basically get rich quick, along with the gold rush boom in California, uh, we had a lot of immigrants from the parts of Britain that had very complex low vowel systems, which means they had a lot of vowels that English speakers in America today don't have. Low, low vowels. Low vowels. So these are vowels like the a. Ah, and vowels like the ah, and then vowels also like the aw. There were actually several vowels that American English doesn't have, and even more vowels now that Western speakers don't have, because Western speakers have lost even more of their low vowels, their distinct low vowels, than most other Americans. Well, um, it was a long journey across America back then, and they had to drop off. It was a long, yes. Some ballast. <laughs> And it was the exactly. vowels. It was the vowels. The vowels had to go. I'm with you. Um, and anyway, who needs that many? I mean, I told you Spanish has five. We have like 14. Uh, obviously, there's a problem here. We we should drop a few. Okay. So so the Western vowels shift. Yes, the Western vowel shift, right? So we lost some vowels. And what happens when a bunch of different settlers from different areas, we had German settlers, we had British settlers, we had Chinese settlers, we had Irish settlers, um, we had Northern British and Southern British settlers. All these people come together. They're talking to each other. They need to call this place something. They're going to take the Spanish word for it because, you know, why not? It's already there. But they're all using different vowels to refer to it because it's a nativized word, meaning whenever you take a word from another language and you borrow it into your language, you're going to use an approximate vowel for that sound. And in spelling, we use the letter A. But just think of all these words that have letter A in writing, but are pronounced differently. So just think of the A in trap, that's an A vowel, or the A in the word make, that's an a vowel, or how about the A as written in the word spa? That's an ah vowel. So what we find is things written with an A 
from foreign languages that were borrowed, borrowed into English get nativized with one of three options, either the a, the a, or the a, which is why we have tomatoes and tomatoes, which is why we have ants and aunts, and which is why we have Nevada and Nevada. So it's not wrong. It's just one of the three paths that nativizations can take. So was there a time when the all these various settlers, b- before Nevada even became a state, might have been all pronouncing it different ways at the same time? There probably was a time when we had a lot of different groups that had different language backgrounds and different dialect backgrounds that would have had some mixing of different low vowel systems, absolutely. Um, and there probably was, was some time when there was Nevada and Nevada interchangeably, yes. Oh, so of the three vowel options, why did we get the Nevada and other places got the oh? Well, you know, what's interesting is it might have had something to do with the time of settlement and the types of settlers. So um, if you think about New England speech, what's the hoity-toity pronunciation of the of, of the word ant? It's aunt. Or if you're going to say grass, gross. Or if you're having a bath, it's bath. So the ah pronunciation in the 19th century became sort of a a hoity-toity, I guess we'll call it, a uppity kind of pronunciation in New England speech. And New England speech was very influential. So a lot of words that got nativized after that period with a spelling of an A were actually um, pronounced with the ah on that model because that was prestigious. But if you think about when people were probably saying Nevada, it was in the early 1800s and probably a little before the prestige of New England traveled that far or really was cemented in the American psyche. So since we have three ways to go with nativization, either at or ah, it was kind of a a coin toss as to which way it would land. And I think there were probably just more speakers that had ah in their system. And what we find in dialect convergence is historically the groups that are most dominant or have most social power, whatever features they use, either being just a sheer majority or being influential, are the ones that end up sticking. So it was probably simply a matter of the majority of people at the time in the early 1800s said Nevada, and that stuck. You know, I've been so interested in all of this. I mean, I'm one of those contrarians, right? So I'll go online. If somebody is like really getting upset, I'll just start messing with it. Or as a person who's been here all my life, sometimes I will throw out a Nevada or something like that (laughs) just to get the reaction. Just to irritate people? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's fun. Or sometimes I'll say it's pronounced Nirvana or something like that, you know, uh, instead of Nevada. Yeah, so our vowels are actually quite interesting and they're also not static. And I think that's the real message here is the idea that there's a right way to say a vowel is based on some weird notion we have that, that someone says something once and then it's supposed to be that way forever. Um, And maybe it was once pronounced with a more ah-like vowel, but everything changes. Every every speaker in the United States is using vowels that we didn't have a hundred years ago. I mean, we had them, but we didn't say them the same way. So nothing we say sounds like a hundred years ago. So to say Nevada should be Nevada on the basis of sort of a historical pronunciation is really just not an accurate assessment of the way that we talk. Well, that totally begs the question for me then, as settled 
as we are on Nevada being the one true way to pronounce our own state, could this pronunciation of Nevada change again? I think it's probably unlikely, but it's always possible. As I used to say when I was a kid and it drove my mom crazy is everything's possible, just not probable. (laughs) And so I think that's true here. We have had so much documentation of Nevada being Nevada and so much has been written or uh, joked about its mispronunciation as Nevada that I think it's unlikely that it will shift. But if there are some massive vowel shifts that still come in and change how we pronounce things again, it's quite possible. You know, I really appreciate you, Valerie Friedland, for coming by and explaining this to me. I wish you and I could both be around in 2230 and see if people are saying welcome to Nevada um, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, it'd be amazing. But, you know, I guess we'll just have to look to the wind and see what happens. But right now it's Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. And thank you for coming on CityCast Las Vegas. Am I saying that one right? You are. And and let's cheers to Nevada. (laughs) Cheers to Nevada. Thanks again, Valerie. And now a little news. Well, last week's prison escapee has been caught, but someone else has been set free. It's state prisons director Charles Daniels. Governor Steve Sisolak asked for his resignation and he acquiesced. The drama over the escapee comes on the heels of several scandals that have rocked the Department of Prisons since Daniels took over in late 2019. Whether you felt last week's small earthquake or not centered in North Las Vegas, it reminds me of something many of you might not know. Nevada is actually considered the nation's third most seismically active state. Let's hope we never learn about that firsthand. See also Yucca Mountain. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you learn something new about the best state in the union? Well, send this episode to a friend. Then rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. See, and I thought it was just whether or not we say hella or not. So. <laughs>